welcome back to our podcast. This will be our third episode. Exciting times. We've I gotten know. this far. I know. I know. Proud of us. Very proud of us. <laughs> We're here for the long haul. So let's, let's kick this <laughs> out. I quite liked it, actually. I mean, yeah. um, I think the amount of preparation we need to do to prepare for a podcast is not that much. But I actually look forward to actually sitting down and actually speak to you guys. I know, I know, like, um, I think we're trying to commit ourselves to once a week so that our fans can keep updated. And fans? Again, we don't have any fans. <laughs> we're building a fan base, okay? We're, bu- we're building a, a um, followers that we want to engage. So if you guys are listening and do want to engage with us, feel free to send us um, questions. And we're happy to endorse any product and sponsor uh, and accept sponsors. <laughs> yeah. Basically. For some reason, I thought you were going to say, please send us some freebies, gifts. I mean, that's we fine too. As well. That's um, totally fine. If, if, if any sponsors want us to advocate for codes on their um, e-commerce platforms, we'll be happy to, you know, use the enablers as a... You want affiliate, affiliate codes? All right, let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so, quick question. Just as a reminder to actually ourselves. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? <laughs> Big question. Again, I think it's just fun. It's fun to talk about things that are topical. It's fun to have an avenue to express myself, mm-hmm. especially because I find my, it harder to type and write and publish my thoughts, like Twitter, for instance, mm-hmm. whereas it's a lot easier to be unencumbered when you speak. Mm-hmm. I quite like your um, witty replies to Kyron's tweets. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. God. <laughs> I quite enjoy every time you... Uh... It's not even... The thing is, it's like, so what I'm currently doing right now, so I have a public Twitter where I tweet uh, one quote a day other than the other stuff that I tweet. Yeah. Um, and most often, um, there's some, you know, I just wanted people to, who are generally following me as a friend to have something to look forward to that is positive mm. um, because Twitter, Twitter world can be a little bit negative most of the time. Mm, tell me about it. <laughs> So it's just it's just it's genuinely nice, and then. <laughs> so nine out of time, nine out of ten of the time, mm-hmm. it's just me responding to it. <laughs> no, that's retweeting. not true. That's not true. That's, I have quite a lot of interactive um, messages or liked or retweet from the tweets from the quotes that I put out. You just happen to be the first person who would always respond to in a very. Um, non-serious manner <laughs> i mean you know humor gets me through the week yeah this is true so, so basically Magat's um Kyrie's number one fan then yeah no it's not that i mean uh, you <laughs> should let's, be... let's there not. was a quick rebuttal <laughs> let's, let's not. at the end of the day your <clears throat> tweets serve dual purpose to inspire and to humor Aww. to humor i think that's mostly you doing the humor bit <laughs> so wait why why do you keep your twitter profile you're not active on facebook are you no I'm why not. twitter then um i've always used twitter before when i was in the states but initially then we didn't we didn't really have whatsapp so that's like our way of communicating Wait, you don't have whatsapp no what wow okay what do you mean no we don't have whatsapp in 2008 bro oh god you're that old i am not that old <laughs> Um, so I graduated in 2011. Dinosaur. Ah! <laughs> um, so back in the States, the only way is either you text or you call. But WhatsApp sometimes... was not in 2008. No. WhatsApp came in like 2010. Ah, I see. But it wasn't big in the States 11, at that time. Yeah, it wasn't right. big at all. I didn't use it. Um, the only way I communicate with my family was through Skype, and that's really, really rare. Oh, yes. I used to use Skype. Oh, God, dreadful. Well. Yeah, wasn't yeah. the best experience. <laughs> Yeah, you have to wait for the other person to be online, and then only you can chat or like you send like offline messages. So back 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 to the question, and why why do you use Twitter? Okay, so back then it was for communicating, 
And then after a while, since I, since I started my master's, I started using it more as for science, like following updates from uh, science journal and um, science communities, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of stopped using it for a while. And then now that I am into this whole, like trying to put myself out there in, as a, in, a, in public. Yeah. Um, so I thought Twitter would be one of the ways for me to be able to connect with other people who are right. doing what I want to do. Mm. Um, so yeah, and also like it's actually kind of nice to see like the current news and current opinions of what people think and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think you need quite some I don't know what you call it emotional resilience when you go to Twitter because mm. I was on Twitter before. I was on Twitter before, but it was quite. Um, I found it being a very negative space. Mm -hmm. It just felt like people just arguing with one another just without um, giving proper time, proper understanding, proper capacity to just understand the other person. Oh, very, yeah. a, a space with very little empathy. It feels like a, just like a debate hall to me, which but is that, why I kind of left with But that. that's the comment section of anything you see. Social media. Any, yeah. any media outlet now with the comment section will be an outlet for, of 80% negative commentary because mm -hmm. those without any those with anything positive don't actually see anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's more energy that you garner from hate actually in this world at the moment than there is from love oh deep wow hashtag <laughs> <So> deep, deep. <laughs> hate might be the answer to the energy crisis people <laughs> I, I think I, I understand where you're coming from like I think when I first started it um, it was fun because I get to see a lot of people's opinion where I yeah. thought is very controversial yeah um, but then after a while you can get sucked into it yeah you, you can get especially with this whole there's like you know, a lot of hot topics as of late, obviously, from the virus, COVID-19, and mm. BLMs, mm. and um, so the yep. people in the Middle East as well, Yemen crisis, um, and all that stuff. So, obviously, it's a lot of people debating with each other, and it doesn't mean that it's a positive debate. Most often, it's like yeah. bringing people down or telling people this is not what you should be doing, and stuff like that. But in the back of my mind, I think... As much as I like to read those, I always don't take it as personal. Like, I don't mm -hmm. take it in. Um, I mm. think it's more of, like, seeing what are the current thinking that is happening right now. Why are people thinking this? Yes, Why are people... That's, that's very true. I think Twitter is, like, this new realm of big data where you actually... It's the best avenue to gauge public right. opinion. Mm -hmm. right. And you don't... Necess it doesn't necessarily have to translate into a long essay or long... Um, article, but it is reflective of what the opinion, mm -hmm. the vibe is mm -hmm. in very little text, which is why it's easy to get a view of what's happening somewhere from the local people's perspective. Yeah. I, I agree to the point that it's it's a good place for you to be exposed and to have some understanding or um, awareness at least mm -hmm. on more serious topics, sensitive topics mm -hmm. outside in the world, that's outside your circle really. You, that's, that's a really good avenue for you to um, learn from but I there's something about just summarizing a serious topic or a very nuanced opinion to a very I don't know how many words you have 280 characters, 280 characters. Mm -hmm. it's a good way of being aware of it sure. but I don't think you can really boil down something within 280 characters no. but I think there are techniques I've, I've been to like Japan Japanese forums before mm -hmm. what they do instead is they will actually write an essay as photos and then they just attach it to their, oh, <laughs> their Twitter. Really so it, instead it becomes a 280 character, <laughs> it becomes a whole essay article. But, then again, but now, that's beside point. 
but then again now twitter does a lot of people post threads yeah. on twitter yeah so like right. it's in a way they will bypass it oh, yeah. okay, they will so, put like in the beginning it's like this is a thread and then you just follow which yeah. is fine I, i'm fine i like that. it yeah i don't I, mind it i just joined twitter lately because you know like it's just more fun more drama oh also that's give you the drama you want drama in your life <laughs> <laughs> friend mm. drama or world drama no drama no drama, no drama from you <laughs> can't have no drama from you wow okay thanks i'm not i'm not dramatic am i so wait um back to the original original question so why are you doing this podcasting for me yeah um, so my aim still stands where I like to put myself out there in public and also want to inspire it in some way or another um, to anybody, even if it's just one person. Yeah. And yet when I asked you to sing in public, you didn't want to. But that doesn't really inspire anyone, is it? Uh, it inspires me. Oh, wow. Okay. Then I don't need to sing in public. Just sing it to me, don't I? But which I wouldn't want to do. Let's not sing to me directly. Yeah, please not. No, I'm good. We're good. Bro, this is so weird. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> let's, let's just make this wrap up in terms of, I think one reason I wanted to do this podcast initially was um, I feel like I don't express myself well mm. to be able to articulate, but um, this this brings into like a segue of what uh, is going to be uh, the topic for this podcast, mm-hmm. but I, I have a flatmate, um, he seems dadgy, and I often have really um, serious and profound conversations with him, which actually he he entertains or he he carries a conversation for forward, and we actually discuss each other's point of views, and we end up having like dinner conversations with one and perhaps for 30, 40 minutes on just one topic. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that is trending at the moment, and also very relevant to him, so he's Nigerian American, um, is the BLM movement. He's just talking to each other just to understand one's one's opinion better, especially because it's relevant to my flatmate. So there was this one weekend, I, I came up to him and just really out of pure curiosity, because I am a bit distant when it comes to BLM. First of all, I don't have many black friends. Mm. Um, I think Deji is perhaps my first black friend that I really get to know properly. So I asked him, so what's, what's the deal with Black Lives Matter? Isn't all lives matter makes more sense? So he, he, came, ba- he came down and said, said so yeah, the, the, the point of view of this all black, all lives matter, black lives matter is not a, a point of saying that only black lives matter. It's to say, to emphasize that um, there is a serious issue with the black uh, community in America. Mm. Hence why um, we shouldn't, um, how do I say this? For the, the all lives matter argument that we all lives matter over black lives matter is mm. a bit... Um, Agreed. Um, I, I don't know how to explain this. It's, it's, it's not the point of saying that we are not all equal, that black yeah. are just more um, higher priority. It's just to It doesn't people... negate the, the importance of other uh, skin color um, yeah. lives, for instance, essentially. Yeah. Which is very true. Especially in the context of all lives matter, but not all lives have the same opportunity and you know the same kind of circumstance mm-hmm. yeah. confronted to them. So certain... Um, instances need to be advocated more given that it's a material issue in the US. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just to bring attention to that, hey, this this group of people who are having issues mm-hmm. and we wanna put the label of black in front there so that you pay attention to it. Yeah. Um it's not to discard other races or other ethnicities. It's just, hey, look at this. Here is out, right? Yeah. 
I think the whole boom of this, well, it's not really a boom. It's, it's been there. This all Black Lives Matter, sorry, Black Lives Matter is such a big thing now. It's because of the recent cases that has been happening. And it's especially for it to happen during lockdown when mm-hmm. the, where the news travels a lot quicker because yeah. people are having more time to be on the phone and looking at the news and stuff like that. It just instigate the whole movement to be mm-hmm. stronger. And so, like you said, Ritz, it's not saying all lives matter. It's not um, putting aside that everyone doesn't have an issue, but it's a matter of this is what's happening in America. And I think you should pay attention that it's not just happening there. It's all around. Yeah. People are ignoring it because they don't see it in front of their eyes. Um, and, and there's also a lot of history to this whole, yeah. um, you know, with mm-hmm. the slavery and the whole blackface um, incident in the past. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of reason to support this cause in terms of, you know, dating to the God knows what 19th, like early 19th century or even earlier yeah. than that. But the point is, I mean, there's every reason for this cause to have sparked like when people saw the video and you know i'm surprised it took this long yeah no i actually think it's happened quite a number of times now mm-hmm. when whenever i speak to deji as well i'm like i'm sure you guys are all tired of this already i yeah. mean this has been this this shouldn't constant. be repeating again and again mm-hmm. but it's it's just a very sad reality that it is um i don't know what, what do you guys feel when um this whole trend came up because from my point of view i'm like Again, I don't have many black friends, so I can't really relate. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the cause and the motivation for us to support Black Lives Matter. It's not just for Black Lives Matter, it's for any kind of racial minority groups all over the world, right? Yeah. If they are getting discriminated, then um, we should fight for their rights. Sure. Um, but I don't know, what, what, what do you guys feel when you guys first saw this trend? What was your reaction to it? My reaction was based on the video, which was horrible. Because, I mean putting aside skin colour and all, um, you literally were slowly killing a person Yeah. whilst people are watching you and that's just Inhumane. heartbreaking. And I, I, I was so moved that it disturbed me for a bit, for a long <laughs> while actually. And, and then it also brought me back to some memory of my experience when I travelled to the US and just seeing how the police system works and I, I just was not a fan. But how, how is it different from... Um, I think police... Uh, the police... I think they're a bit more... Um, I wouldn't say strict. Well, I think my experience has just only been in airports. Yes. Issue with the TSAs, really. But... They, they wield a lot... They, they, they are aware that they have a lot of authority and they right. have a lot of immunity and they wield that authority in your face. Yeah. Right. They, they treat you like... I feel like sometimes I can be herded like an animal in the airport, for instance, by virtue of, you know, not being yeah. American, especially. Right. Mm. Um, and it's, 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 I just don't. And, and, you know, and then reading on the stories about how there is a lot of police brutality and police um, injustice mm-hmm. taking place to just random innocent people over time. I think you know it precipitates a whole like you know this. this but is that really your is that really your true experience or is it just because you've been portrayed such an image of the the, the US police department? It's to a, be it's, that way. It's, it's both. Mm. Like it's, it's the US airports are the worst, in my opinion. Right. I think, I when I went to the states, I think I was eighteen, 
or 17, not mm-hmm. 18. Um, and at that point, I think I was just so excited to go to a different country, to go to the States and yeah. then, you know, do my studies. So I was a bit oblivious to what's going on and how people react to me. I was wearing the hijab at that, well, still is. Um, but when I went to the States, I was already wearing hijab. So I didn't see that as an issue. Right. It wasn't until when I had to go to uh, a different States um, with a group of my friends. So we were doing a, a charity. And during the uh, security uh, section, when we were at the airport, um, everyone got passed through except for me. So I was being put as, uh, like pulled aside. Yeah. Um, to actually go through uh, in-depth security test and yeah. everyone's just waiting for me okay. and, uh, and then some of my friends um, so they are colored but they, they don't look as black as black um, like you would say they would probably be called as a light-skinned um, American American black people how do I term this they just term? have lighter skin yeah they just have lighter skin yeah um, so they they felt as if that's not you know they they felt more together with me than i was at that time because i think i was a bit nervous of what actually is going on um but they they were actually angry for me um Mm -hmm. so i couldn't understand that so i got pulled aside you know i had to answer a few questions um and then did the whole pat down and they were actually contemplating to take me into a room to actually like get me to strip down until one of my friends actually came over and said like there's really no need like because we're like wow. a whole people group of people with a chaperone right um and then um and then i was like oh at that time i didn't I, like i couldn't understand what actually is happening mm-hmm. um up until this friend of mine actually sat me down and like tell me exactly what's going on and also you know put me in a in a position where i need to really look into what's they like yeah. open my eyes. It was all under the pretense of a random search. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is just a spot. Uh, you know, we just have to pick yeah. one person in the group to right. execute whatever that they're doing. Whether or not it was random, we don't know. But we all know it's not random, is it? Yeah. Have you guys experienced any kind of like racial esque or racial discrimination here in the UK? To be fair, not to divulge too much into the detail, basically. I was explaining something to someone that someone said to me, speak English in a fairly arrogant tone. Oh. That someone was white, um, British or Irish. I don't know, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he said, speak English to me. And then um, when I was speaking to my other friend who's British, who speaks perfect English with you know almost zero grammatical error. And I, I, it, I had a realization that the same person would have never said, even if he actually had just wanted a better explanation yeah you know just to tell him to speak english mm-hmm. so maybe he would have but it would have meant something completely different especially you know english being our second language mm-hmm. you can't say to someone whose english is their second language you know speak english please i don't understand what you're talking about yeah i think that's and it took me months to actually realize the perhaps ingrained you know subtle racist um, remark that was in that statement. I, I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't know what you guys think about this, but I feel like that that um, that notion of telling someone to speak your language yeah. is something that you don't really see among people who can speak multiple languages, or yeah. at least two languages. Because mm-hmm. always, you're always trying to adapt or transform the way you speak and communicate 
to match that person, yeah. to make them feel comfortable. I, I only hear such issues where they like speak English or speak whatever language, speak Malay, speak Japanese, etc. Only comes from people who really just only speak that language. <laughs> and I, I get it though, because for example, you're in an elevator, you're beside, say, an Indian dude and his friend, and then they start speaking in, say, Tamil or they're speaking Hindi. For some reason, you do have this um, defense mechanism that just triggers and you're like, are they, are they talking, talking about me? About me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They might be, but they might not. But mm-hmm. maybe that's why, though, because you don't understand the language, hence you have this... Well, I was speaking English at that time. Yeah. Ah, okay, then. Clearly, I, think... I was explaining in English, but he just meant to speak perhaps better English. I see. Hmm. Right, oh, okay. That's, that's just being that's rude. A... Yeah. <laughs> I know, he was yeah. a fucking rude person. That, that's yeah. a bit rude. I think I, I understand the point of view of being the person who's in a position where people around you don't speak your language. And I also understand being the person who can speak a different language um, from other people in that particular room. Yeah. So I get the, the, the position that you were in. Like if, for example, you're in the vicinity and there's two people behind you start talking in a different language, I would always think like, are they talking about me? Is there something wrong with me? Like, you yeah. know, you get more conscious about it. But then also, at the time, I also try to think, okay, if yeah. I were to be in that position, I probably wouldn't be talking about, maybe it's something private that they start talking about in their language. Mm, so it's yeah. not really, like, mm. try yeah. not to think it's about you, but rather just be, just uh, think of it as a positive manner. Um, always assume the best from an Or actually part. just don't give a shit what people think. Or that yeah. too. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, clearly, if these people have the audacity to speak in a language that precludes you from the discussion, they clearly have... Um, you know, issues in the way that okay, mm. fine. Like clearly, I'm not in your circle. Neither you are mine. Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, have friends like that as well. Fine. Do I? Do you? Do you? Do I have friends? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't spiral down. Don't spiral down. <laughs> not on a Friday night. <laughs> We're questioning night. our life existence mm. now. But clearly, people who preclude you from discussions and make you feel left out, you know, you leave them out. Or you know, you could take an action us, and actually mm, keep a social wanting... distance. <laughs> I I have friends who who would speak Spanish together, and if I like, they're they're the nicest people on earth. Like I adore them yeah. uh, both wholeheartedly. And over time, like I started picking out like t- language, like you know, words from their Spanish language, yeah. and I would use it. And then like they what? would tell me, "Oh no, vale, vale." vale that means vale. like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Or, uh, How do you say T P T A P A S? Tapas. Tapas. Tapa. Tapa. Yeah. No, with a TH. I have not learned anything. I know chorizo. <laughs> Do you know how to say chorizo? <laughs> I have no idea. Bro. Let's uh, move away from this. Okay, comedy. no. What what I'm trying to say is that they're so if they're talking in their language. So in this case, it's that work setting. So they're probably talking about science or anything about mm. their lives. Yeah. And if I like, I'm comfortable enough to come up say hey, what are you guys talking about? Or just like, or just trying to include in that conversation because I know they're not talking about another person. It's just one of those where, okay, then they would say what exactly they're talking about. If they're not comfortable in talking about about it with you, then they would say, oh, it's just something personal. That's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. I think it's just a matter of like, you know, mm. if you want to use a different language or even in general, when you talk about something, you don't talk about a person in front of another person. That's yeah. just, that's not how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I want to discuss what your thoughts are on cultural appropriation. So, what's cultural appropriation? 
define you know it. the definition of cultural appropriation? <laughs> Come on, Gary, you practice this. <laughs> uh, it's basically taking something out of a different culture, an element uh, from a different culture, and include it in your culture. Is that it? So, was it? Oh. So, what does that actually mean? What's an example? Okay, I'll give an example. So, for example, is somebody um, would seeing uh, a bindi, which is this marking on your middle forehead that um, Hindu people used to right, do when right. they... Um, it's, it's the white powder that they put yeah, in the middle of your forehead. Yeah. Right? yeah, and then you see a bunch of people seeing it as like, ooh, that's really cute. I want to do it at like going to a prom or like a party or whatever. And then start okay. putting bindi and then, um, you know, that, that, that's... Is like that wrong? Know. I think that's wrong. Yeah, I don't think that? all cultural appropriation is wrong. Some things are appropriation, some things are misappropriation. I think you just have to know why the reason they, you know, wear that or you have to understand why is it why is it part of their culture? If you don't understand it, you just take it because oh, it looks cute, like I want to look cute and exotic. Yeah. That's not it. So the point is you you when it is taking it out of its context and That's diminishing its meaning. It's appropriating? It's appropriating, which is wrong. because It's a misappropriation. I don't know if wrong <laughs> is the right term I'd use though, because if it's just out of genuine innocence and just your interest of mm, the religion. part of the culture or religion, mm. then you, you don't have any ill intent to do, no, do I that think, thing. I think it's, it's fine to be interested or thinking like, actually that is a, like a cute outfit or, yeah. or like that is like a really nice fashion statement. But you have to understand why are they doing that? If, if you look at them being a whole um, community doing it, there has to be something to do culturally and it's your duty to understand why okay it looks cute then you go into it you get curious like why are they doing this and then you then yeah. understand a bit of their culture maybe yeah. not the whole thing but yeah. just understanding okay it has something to do with religion so maybe it's not something i should take into account like i just want to look good right like, so religion is off limits if it's not your religion then no i i think it's more of if you understand that there's a reason behind it yeah but you choose to ignore it and mm-hmm. just choose to do it because of your own selfish reasons then, then it's inappropriate yeah for example Mm, what's a good example? Um, I mean, the blackface example is... Uh, I mean, clearly that one was because back then, um, when there was still slavery, uh, white Americans would do comedy skits of themselves covering their face in, you know, black paint and, you know, doing a show mocking um, enslaved Africans labeling them as lazy um, and mm-hmm. all these negative connotations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to that point now, you know, fast forward to the ending of slavery and freedom, any white American who puts on a black, um, a black face, basically. a black face will invoke that very dark period. So clearly that's mm-hmm. unacceptable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that doesn't invoke anything traumatic um, in the past, is that terrible? So, for example, you can. I think in terms of fashion, if you want to adapt or put into, you know, the way you wear outfits and whatsoever, I think you have to be really careful because there's, you know, I think even in African, you have different tribes, and then different tribes will have different patterns of how they sure, wear their sure, outfit. Yeah. So for you to put that into your outfit in general, that can also, you know, if you don't 
if you don't know what it is. It's like, it's almost like, okay, this might lead to another different thing as if you t ha having a tattoo in a different language because you want to look <laughs> cultured. There's nothing wrong with that. So, so <laughs> where, where do you draw the line then? For, for example, there's a lot of, um, well, people in Japan call foreigners. As in, there's a lot of non-Japanese people mm -hmm. who will go to Japan, mm -hmm. get a tattoo from uh, some Japanese tattoo artist, <laughs> not realizing that the tattoo they got are usually for the Yakuza, for example. Mm. Do you draw wow. the line there? I think... uh, but you also have, for example, if you go to Malaysia, um, the Iban have like their own tribal tattoos, mm -hmm. and most of the tattoos have some kind of meaning. Mm -hmm. But if you were go to go to an Iban village, now, I'll pay you this, say, 50 pounds, whatever, give me a tattoo. Mm -hmm. Is that appropriate? I think in the end, that's ended up with the person who's giving it, yeah. the person who's in charge and doing it for them, because that is, if it, like, for example, we're talking about, like, the Iban people, yeah. then that is their culture. Are they willing to give it to foreign because they look cool mm -hmm. in it? Or if... Or they've spent enough time in there to actually understand the whole tribe history or culture or story or whatever, and it's like I want to be part of this because usually every culture is 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 open to accepting people yeah. who wants to know about their culture. Yeah. I'm all for that. I totally get that. But just taking bits of it and not understanding the whole thing—that's where the issue starts because you mm. don't know the story. So, from my point of view, is any of the it's the intent of how you approach it, right? If you're, yeah. if you're trying to be respectful, though you may not know certain things about it, mm -hmm. but your intent is still, I like it, I want to try and adopt it in my lifestyle, mm -hmm. but still to be respectful of it, sure. and that's fine. Yeah. But, um, again, if you're ignoring the fact that, oh, this is inappropriate in my culture, or mm -hmm. this is offensive to some people in this country, for example, you choose to ignore it and still do it, then you're just, you're just a prick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> It's, and, and the thing with, with cultural appropriation, it's only offensive when it's done towards a perceivedly marginalised ethnic group. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if we were to make a mockery, if we were to actually, you know, make a mockery of American culture, yeah. to the same extent that that would then qualify as cultural appropriation, you know, mm -hmm. you adopt the life, you know, the culture and everything even though you're clearly not American, mm. that wouldn't be offensive because you're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, mm -hmm. because probably there isn't much of a, a you know, a pain, uh, pain or um, tragedy associated yeah. in the past yeah. with that, given okay. that, um, you know, historically, life has been comparatively better mm -hmm. for that lot yeah. relative to... So, so let me ask you a question. Um, a lot of Japanese girls, or I, I know Japanese girls that once they learn about um, the Arabic culture and stuff, mm -hmm. they are introduced to the hijab, mm -hmm. they actually like the hijab, mm -hmm. they, they think it's fashionable. Mm -hmm. So there are Japanese girls who actually wear the hijab as a, I don't know, as a fashion or something that they wear in their apparel. Mm -hmm. They understand it, they understand that it's respectful in say, Saudi Arabia to wear a hijab. Is that fine? Yeah. I think, to be honest, I think, first of all, I don't think hijab is technically an Arab culture. It's not, it's, it's not purely Islam. Yeah, the nuns wear it as well, technically. Yeah, uh, I, I, think, I take that example because they study like Arabia. Right, 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 okay. Um, I honestly, I don't mind if people are inclined to want to try out. Like, I'm all for it. And yeah. I, I don't mind if people are more curious to like, 
hey, I want to know more about this and I also want to wear it. Sure, go for it. But understand why you're wearing it is also a thing. Mm -hmm. I think Muslims wear hijab to cover part of their um, not sanctity, but Modesty. Yeah, yeah, to be modest. So if you wear a hijab and you wear shorts, then that kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I didn't know it goes well either. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. I mean, to be fair, we're already used to seeing people with hijab not wearing shorts. So to see a person wearing hijab and then have shorts is just like that. That's not really okay, technically. Mm, No. So let me ask, have you guys faced any kind of racism in Malaysia that you can think of? Face Probably not. Seen? Maybe. Um, I think I've seen, I think it's evidence in like some of our friends who are not Malay, um, having them to go through the trouble of not being able to apply in certain places in terms of tertiary studies yes. or scholarship. Yes, definitely. Um, there are very limited amount of places where they can apply apart from um, you know the big governmental ones mm-hmm. um, and whereas the Malay tend to have this plethora of options yeah um, from private to public to you know various different sources because that's, that's yeah systemic racism really. yeah yeah and uh, I think with that what I feel like maybe I've experienced it's not, it's not that anyone has given any direct comment. Um, it's the whole notion that perhaps I got to where I am now, not because I'm naturally good, but it's because of all the help that was granted to me by virtue of being my ethnicity. Yeah. And that's something that bothers me a lot because mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, like, you know, where I am now, I think I accomplished a lot because of the effort I put in mm-hmm. and in no way can anyone discredit that by virtue of saying oh yeah he got to where he is because he is of that color yeah and yeah. I think that's that is definitely an opinion that it's not just directed to to me personally but it's just a general opinion right as a, because there is this ingrained um, institutional um, help mm-hmm. uh, for you know I think for a person to say that and I, I think that's a racist remark but Thinking in their shoes as well, mm-hmm. yeah. they are victims of this systemic racism. Just, so yeah. they they they're they, inclined to think like that. Yeah, I mean they they, they are on the bad side of it, right? And mm. um, fortunately or unfortunately, we are on the good side of it because we get the benefits of it. And that's something I think, I mean, we, we Malays, especially the ones who are aware of it, have to accept it. It's yeah. it's something that we benefit out mm. of people's. Um, is basically we're benefiting from the injustice and unfairness yeah. of the system. And I, I don't know, I, I feel like it's something that especially the majority and the Malays are the majority need to speak up against. Um, it's the same in terms of like the civil rights movement in the US. Mm-hmm. Without the whites' support, without the whites acknowledging that this is an issue, the civil rights movement will not have been as successful, I think. Yeah. That's my opinion. What do you mean? As in, if, if, if the black community just spoke up and it was just them and all the other races there did not acknowledge and recognise the, yeah. the struggle they're going through, it will be so much difficult. It will, it will never succeed, I think. Yeah. So you need the majority, you need other people to uh, be aware of the issue, you need to be able to support the issue. Mm-hmm. And hence why I think this Black Lives Matter movement is um, something that we all should at least 
Learn. Talk to people about, make people aware. Yeah. Not just not just in the US, but even in Malaysia or wherever you go, right? It's all something that we all share in terms of uh, fighting racism. Agreed. I also think that there's also a right way and a wrong way to talk about it with people. So there's something people need to be aware of as well. Um, I personally have quite a few friends who are um, black and they've ex- explicitly mentioned that they're tired of having to answer questions from people who are, yeah. you know, not knowing what's going on. It's just when you've been through so much and having, people's, who, having people who are trying to understand it and then ask you more questions, they're already over- overwhelmed at the current moment. Yeah. So it's kind of our job, who pe- the people who are in privilege, to learn and then read and then explore this issue and listen to people who are expressing it for years and years and years um, to understand it. Um, after that, if you have more questions, feel free. But to ask from the basic questions to them, that's not okay. Um, yeah. I mean, with all the resources, access to the, the internet oh, yeah. and stuff. What are the example of basic questions? I think like it's more of like, oh, how are you feeling now? Um, what have you been through? Or um, it's just, I think one of those really. Like, oh, why, why is this happening now? You know, just things where you can actually find answers online. Why do they get annoyed? Because they've been through so much and then you, okay, so put yourself in the position where you've been um, through a lot of challenges in your life and then someone asks you, said, uh, someone asks you specifically, oh, what have you been through when, mm-hmm. or, or more of like, you, how do I put this? No, I, I, I get what you mean. For example, let's say someone's gone through cancer, right? Mm-hmm. They've, they've survived it. Um, they beat cancer and the first thing naturally if I meet a cancer patient or uh, 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 someone who had cancer before I'd be like oh what it felt like mm-hmm. or how did you go through those are like basic questions you ask a person mm-hmm. right because you want to know their personal sure. opinion their yeah. personal experience or whatever. but if you're getting that question from multiple people mm-hmm. every week it gets tiring mm-hmm. I, I understand where your friend is coming from though um, but I, I don't know Maybe because also I'm not in that position. I feel like th- these are the people who have that knowledge, has that experience. Yeah. It's in a way, they think they can take it as their duty to try and educate them. Yeah, but it's not really their duty. Is it? It's technically our duty to learn it. So it, it doesn't really matter. So I think there's a lot of information out there. You, don't, you wouldn't understand it 100%. I get it. But I think to have an idea of what actually happened, the history behind it... Um, the history behind it, the story behind it, and mm. there's a lot of people talking about it. So the sources are there to have some idea at least, and then you realize, actually, I shouldn't approach it this way. Yeah. Maybe I should ask more on this side of the story. Mm. That makes more sense, and that's you showing that you're putting effort in trying to understand this whole situation. Mm. I think that's a more mature approach and more, um, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's a very mature approach to any kind of issue. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, not everyone's like you. Most people, right. I think, when it comes to issues which are really far from them, yeah, they like, just go straight into why it. Why should I care? Why should I even um, look up on the internet? Mm-hmm. Which is why the first thing you'd be like, oh, that person's related to that issue. Maybe I, let me just ask him. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. Mm. That's true. I, I, I would struggle to understand why honest questions out of curiosity can aggravate a person mm. especially when that could lead to 
individuals, you know, turning away from being actually interested in, you know, advocating for said cause. Right. Yeah. So, but that's that's why that's why the person who can explain the person who has the experience. It though it's tiring, though it's difficult, though it can sometimes be a burden. If they can take a step back, be calm about it, and take the time to explain, yeah. just like how my housemate did it for me. Like he, we were talking about all lives matter, black lives matter for about forty minutes, just on the topic, mm-hmm. just for me to really understand it in more detail. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate, it. I appreciate him sharing. I appreciate his time, and that increased my knowledge a lot. Okay, I I, um, I think it's fine if you yeah. have like a really close friend to talk about it, but yeah. I think if you just approach random people, it's just like who approaches random people? No, and not <laughs> random people like oh, mutual friend or something like hey. Yeah, Does, I, I think people actually do that. Yeah, people actually do that. Well, I mean, maybe, it, maybe at parties or something like that. Or yeah, even in general, like when you meet people, it's like, hey, how, you know, yeah. can you tell us more about it? And then it, I think for me, I felt, I felt I understood them in a way because as a person wearing a hijab, like it, I understand like people would right, always come right. to me like, oh, um, what sort of remarks do you get often like this right. kind of thing? And I was just like, I have to repeat this over and over again to like right. different parties or different people, different yeah. group of friends. And then like seeing people like, oh, this is the first person I met wearing hijab. Like sometimes I, you know, I'm just a human. Like they're also human. They have to go through this, yeah. and then they have. You're my first hijab friend. Oh. <laughs> 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 Am I no? <laughs> anyway, um, it's just you know. Some days I feel like okay, I have enough patience to tell them. But some days you just you know I just you can search this. You have yeah. your phone. You have your internet. I mean you might find like a wrong path into it but at that point you're learning about it you have the intention of wanting to know about it that's right. fine if you come in with me having no knowledge whatsoever but just wanting to ask then mm. i'm just tired <laughs> you know what? i feel your frustrations because people can identify you by your hijab but when i'm here in london i i feel like the majority can't even identify me because uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are you look at <laughs> So like I could get like over five, six, seven different countries when I ask when they ask me where am I from. I oh, always really? I always say what you guess. <laughs> and what they're do you like, think? Oh, they're so terrified of that question because anything could sound um, offensive. Yeah, <laughs> I've had uh, Latin America. Really, I've had Mongolia before. No way! Wait, no, no, look, yeah, <laughs> Mongolians. Yeah, I can see how sales Asians can be like really i've been called people would have thought i was vietnamese very few people actually said i was malaysian maybe it's out of ignorance of what malaysians exactly i think they just don't know um no one has actually thought i look chinese but the point is not having a specific like i guess looking like a specific area to these people here these people, I call these people. These people. <laughs> the, the rest Brits? of the world, you mean? <laughs> At least in London. It, it just means that I just go by unnoticed, I feel. Well, how no. sad is that? It's not really unnoticed. I think you, you, you were more prominent to people remembering who you are, but just couldn't figure out I'm just culture where agnostic. you were. <laughs> culture agnostic. Culture agnostic. agnostic. Yeah. Like, you know, because they it's don't even know I'm Muslim. By... Am I Muslim? Because, you know, I don't have a beard, you know, for instance. Yeah, yeah. I don't have qualities you, that yeah. people can piece together to form a specific cultural cultural stereotype, mm-hmm. yeah. which makes it easier for me to get by as yeah. opposed to having to combat, you know, certain viewpoints that people would already have of you just by virtue of maybe looking more Chinese than 
others, for instance. But it's fun though, because then they don't have this preconceived notion of what you yeah. are supposed to be on. That's why I mean that's why it's a lot easier for me. Yeah. Because like with Kyrie, for example, you know, it's just she's more frustrated about life in general. So what most people would when they first meet you, they don't know anything about you. Yeah. What would they guess? They will identify she's Muslim, she yeah. wears a hijab, she's slightly oppressed. <laughs> okay, I mean, slightly oppressed is a, it's a personal thing. And then you have to say, you actually, wear. I chose to wear it because I want to wear it. And then they're going to think, oh, really? Do you, do you actually? Are you actually a free woman? <laughs> oh, God. Isn't um, that true? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you really went in there. Um, I think for them to, I think over here is a bit more, you know, there's a lot of Muslims pretty much in yeah. general. So it's just easy to yeah. kind of maneuver life around. But I guess when I was in the States, there were a lot of people that actually came up to me and asked me why. And asked like, why are you wearing that? Yeah. It was, at first it was interesting. Like, you know, I'm ready to answer. This is like a new place. Yeah. Like, I don't Never really in my life need... had to explain to people why I wear a hijab. <laughs> yeah. Right? Never had to have the reason. Let me educate <laughs> these Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk about it. Like, I want to, I genuinely wanted to have that conversation. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I think over here it's just, less, it's just a lot easier um, I'm not the only person wearing hijab although I might be one of the few wearing hijab that are into um, like running or climbing right, right. Um, which are I realize it's like almost as if I was back in the, in America um, but I don't mind it I love what I do so mm. I just do whatever I want yeah So what's what's your takeaway from this discussion today then? I think the takeaway is don't be complacent of where you are just because <laughs> Sorry. What? I was thinking don't be complacent. <laughs> <laughs> don't be complacent. Guys, this is just, how serious I we just, are. I just had to say Of course you I do. just had to do it, guys. Yeah. Yeah, you let it all out. Okay, How do you look at me first. What's your takeaway? No, 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 I, I haven't thought about it yet. Okay. You go. <laughs> I think don't be complacent about uh, the things that are happening around you. Sure, it ha- it's you know a lot of things happening. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but you have some duty to play as a person in the community, yeah. in, um, in the country, in the world, is to understand the plight of mm. at least the things that what people are actually going through you might not understand it because you know you in some form are privileged in a way but mm-hmm. um understanding and being empathized of other people is such a human thing to do so yeah please do and try mm. i think for me i just think people should follow twitter <laughs> <laughs> i mean really i think twitter is the gateway to understanding what everyone thinks about and what's on their mind, whether or not it's an extreme view, white supremacist views or yeah. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's good to know that these things exist. Yeah. You know, there's a world outside of your very small circle of friends that you have mm-hmm. and opinions that may, you may never think about that, mm-hmm. you know, are being discussed. It's good to know so that you could navigate it carefully as and when you encounter it in your future endeavors. So exactly. follow Twitter. Um, Twitter is good. It's a good place to waste your time on, as but opposed also to be just careful. Instagram. Yeah. And also be careful so that you don't... Get what? sucked into the negativity 
that yeah. is happening around social media in general. Just yeah. get, just kind of just get a feel of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, see what's trending because what's trending is what people are talking about mm. and it's good to be current. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter for the win. Yeah. Mm. I think my takeaway for this is more of, at, at the end of the day, we are under one nation and we're all humans. You, you need to take a step back and think that this other person is really, in, in terms of its um, atomic definition of it, is you're the same with me. We're all the same. So you should never discriminate against another person, be it whether they are different skin color, speak a different language, wear differently, have a different style from you. We're all equal, right? And I think that's, that's, that's wrap this up then. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good summary to end it with. Cool. See you next week. All right.